Hello and welcome back to Equity, the TechCrunch podcast where we unpack the numbers and the nuance behind the headlines. This is Alex and it is November 14th, 2022, which means we are one week away-ish from Thanksgiving here in the US. And that means that the year is coming to a close. It's going to be Thanksgiving, then a short period of time, then Christmas, then kind of a break, and then the new year. So, (laughs) well, we're almost done with 2022. Strap in, let's talk about money. And speaking about money, let's start with a look at the world of stocks. Well, shares are mixed in Asia, where they are down in Japan, and Chinese indices are a little bit mixed. Up in Europe, good news over there for everybody across the pond, and shares are down in pre-market trading here in the U.S. However, I'll just say, wait for the numbers to come out because the stock market has been a little bit wonky lately. Looking in depth, however, SaaS and cloud stocks are up today in pre-market trading. Don't forget that after reaching a new 52-week low a few days ago, the most important tech companies from a startup valuation perspective have rebounded sharply, but only to the price level that they were at back in May of 2020. Put another way, the entire COVID bump to software stocks is gone. And as those companies have grown during the same time period, well, there we can see the valuations compression we've been talking so much about on TechCrunch Plus. Putting aside stocks, let's talk about crypto. Prices in the world of crypto have put up a modest recovery in the last 24 hours, with Bitcoin and Ethereum seeing their tokens add around 2%. They remain off, however, between 18 and 20% in the last week, so woohoo, but also ugh. In the wake of its implosion, FTX's token, FTT, is now worth about $1.46 a piece, trading near record lows. There's actually quite a lot of volume in exchange tokens overall. To pick another example, Kronos, the crypto.com token, is off about 40% in the last week, despite a 13.5% bump in the last 24 hours. And here's the mystery. BNB, the Binance token, is somehow still the fourth most valuable coin in the world by market cap and is off only 13% in the last week, which is less than Bitcoin, which seems a little surprising. Anyways, enough about all that. Let's put aside the chaff and talk about FTX. I know by now that you are very tired of the FTX matter, but listen to me. It remains an open wound on the body crypto, and as the body politic and regulatory organs of governments around the world keep staring at this mess, so must we. Recall last week that FTX filed for bankruptcy, and Sam Bankman-Fried, or SBF, stepped down as CEO. Well, over the weekend, there were a few key stories in the same saga that came to light. First of which is that around $400 million worth of FTT, FTX's token, were released apart from known schedules, prompting two major exchanges, Binance and Huboy, to block deposits of that token. And the 192 million FTT tokens that were released would have been worth around $4.8 billion back in October when the FTT token was worth around 25. Recall that it's now worth about $1.50. Even more, back late Friday, FTX apparently got hacked. Here's what Coindesk had to say, quote, More than $600 million was siphoned from FTX's crypto wallets late Friday. Soon after, FTX stated in its official Telegram channel that it had been compromised, instructing users not to install any new upgrades and to delete all FTX apps. So from savior to faceplant to catastrophic embarrassment, it's kind of insane how badly things have gone for FTX. I have a couple of questions. Um, is it like illegal for the flailing corpse of FTX to issue a bunch of FTT tokens? 
And is it good for crypto that these major exchanges can blacklist one token? It's hard to say, but oh my lord, what a mess. Elsewhere in crypto land, crypto.com is under the microscope after it published a look at its reserves a few days back. Concerns about the tokens making up its reserves have led to some calls by crypto folks for users to get their stuff off of crypto.com. I mean, sure, after FTX, why anyone would keep anything on an exchange that is not public is beyond me. And so my main vibe from this entire mess is that Coinbase has never looked better. As it turns out, regulation can, at times, occasionally, sometimes, be good. And because the world is not just the stock market and crypto, although that's where I spent a lot of my time, I've collected a number of other cool things for you, starting with fake meat. TechCrunch reports that another cell-based meat company is poised to have its meat products introduced into restaurants. The company in question is called Vow, and its first product brand, Morsel, which was created from the firm's cultured meat technology, will go into Singapore restaurants by the end of this year. Keep in mind, of course, that Singapore was the first nation to approve cultured meat products for sale, with Eat Just being one of the first companies to sell lab-grown chicken there. This milestone for Vow comes as the three-year-old Australian company, which touts itself as, quote, Australia's first cell-based meat concern, raised $49.2 million in Series A funding. Look, I'm a carnivore and I'm worried about the planet, so I love me some cell-based meat. Mm-mm. And elsewhere in Techland, Klarna is expanding into the competitive world of price comparisons with the launch of a new tool that compares prices across thousands of retailers. Not quite what you expected to hear from Klarna, did you? Anyways, the company quietly rolled out the price comparison service in the US a few weeks back, you may have noticed it, and is now extending the product into additional markets in Europe, including the UK and the Nordics. Now, all this came to be because Klarna is building on an acquisition that closed about six months ago or two quarters when it bought price comparison shopping service Price Runner in a $124 million deal. Now, at that time, Klarna said that it would use the acquisition to power new features inside of its core application, including surge in price comparisons, which is now kind of what it's rolling out. The company says that its goal is to provide a real alternative to shopping with Google or Amazon, to which I just have to say, good. Uh, we need more competition with the majors. It's always good to see startups taking them on. And frankly, Klarna has been through it lately, seen its valuation fall and layoffs stack. So it's nice to see the company have news or be out there really in the news for something other than pain. And in India, the government has, quote, lifted the download ban on VLC more than nine months after it mysteriously blocked the official website of the popular media playback software in the South Asian market, TechCrunch reports. It's hard to parse exactly what has happened here, but it does underscore just how uneven the tech regulatory market is in India today. To pick another example we've talked about on this show, Twitter has been through with India even before Musk bought it, just to kind of pick one example. What are we seeing? Well, it's the usual mix of reactionary politics and increasingly strident singular government leaders pushing back on any rival source of influence. We've seen it in India. We've seen it in China. We saw it in America during the Trump administration. It's a problem. Oh, and uh, GoFreight raised $28 million for its freight forwarding business. I had expected in light of the e-commerce slowdown that such deals would be kaput, but not so. Recall, of course, that Flexport, a multi-unicorn, is also in that game. And we're out of time, but that does not mean we were out of content. For example, there has been lots of new Musk Twitter shenanigans, but I figured you could use a break from that. So more about that over time, because God knows it never stops, but I spared you this morning. 
Uh, don't forget, however, if you are a TechCrunch Plus subscriber needer, you can use the code equity to save a couple bucks there. And this show, Equity, is on Twitter. We tweet under the handle EquityPod. My name is Alex. I tweet under the handle Alex. We'll talk to you soon. We're back Wednesday morning. We're back Friday morning. Hugs. Bye. Equity Mondays are hosted by myself, Editor-in-Chief of TechCrunch Plus, Alex Wilhelm. We're produced by Teresa Locansolo with editing by Kel Keller. Bryce Durbin is our illustrator, Alyssa Stringer leads audience development, and Henry Pickovet manages TechCrunch audio products. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll be back next week.